Welcome to the Good Divorce Show. Not every divorce needs to end in disaster. It's time to see divorce in another perspective. Here to help with that is your host, Karen McNinney. Well, hello, listeners. Thanks for joining me. That might be live here on uh, Monday, wrapping up the month of February, or perhaps you're listening on one of our podcast podcast platforms. Either way, delighted to have you here in a conversation just with me today. Happy to take um, calls or questions that you may have specific to your story, and you can reach out anytime in the next hour at 866 866- 472-5788. Again, that number 866-472-5788. And for those of you who might be joining me for the first time, I am one of those happy survivors of a good divorce and reminding all our listeners, a good divorce does not mean that it was easy. Divorce is challenging. It's complicated. There are many moving pieces logistically as well as emotionally. And this is where we talk with families, uh, co-parents, adult children of divorce and divorce professionals who have found the secret sauce of how to do it with less destruction, less um, debt, and and certainly uh, something that is going to lead you not to a worse journey in your life, but to a better path. I think many people often forget that we are moving into divorce and out of our marriages because the marriage has struggle, dysfunction, uh, whatever the case may be. The intent of the divorce is to improve that relationship, not to make it worse. So one of the questions that has come to me, uh, not only today, but also pretty frequently is we're on the other side of divorce, Karen. We're getting on with our life. We've moved through some of the pain. We've moved through getting into two homes. If we're a family with children, we're kind of up and running. What are the guidelines around moving on in our relationship life? Moving on with the opportunity to bring loved ones back in to start new relationships. And the first thing I would say is thank you, listener, for asking this question, because there are so many folks who actually don't even think about it. They just move forward unconsciously. And that is not the way to serve our children or to serve ourselves. So how do we introduce those new partners? Uh, First of all, I'm going to take us back and like, how should we be thinking about starting new relationships? I understand that sometimes there are relationships that actually overlap with our marriage. And we are never here at the Good Divorce Show to cast judgment or shame or to question the decisions you're making in your relationship. Our goal is really to encourage you to pause and think about those decisions, recognizing that our actions and decisions during this period of time are absolutely going to cast a long shadow over time. So with that in mind, I always encourage people, or I should say my own professionals in my life, uh, mental health professionals, as well as those um, working in the legal industry, their recommendation was that you begin a clock of recovery, not necessarily when you move into two homes, not even necessarily when you call the lawyers. It's actually the day you walk out of the courthouse or sign those papers, recognizing that while you're still in, whether that's legal separation, working through your parenting plan, you still have financial uh, decisions that are being made, that puts you still in the divorce experience, which is very different than the divorce recovery. And it has been my understanding through families that I coach the training that I've done as a divorce coach, a mediator, a therapist, a crucial conversations trainer, that when we are able to clearly come to the ending of one thing, that is the best environment to start a new thing. So let's presume, best case scenario, you have made it through your divorce journey, the legal decisions are complete, 
And we are now in a position where we have done some healing ourselves. And I would also recommend based on, you know, personal experience, anecdotal experience, some of the research that's out there, that 18 to 24 months, which is the same timeline when we start a new relationship that those professionals would tell us it takes 18 to 24 months to really get to know someone and recognize whether or not this is going to withstand a long-term relationship. Well, now that you're divorced, you're starting a new long-term relationship with yourself. And many of us are remembering who we were before marriage and then learning anew a reinvention of who am I outside of this marriage? Who am I perhaps if I'm in a 50% parenting relationship um, or maybe it's 60, 40 or one weekend, whatever it may be, your story might uh, include this newfound free time for yourself. And how do you reinvent in that? So giving yourself also 18 to 24 months to move through the residual effects of grief, to move through reacquainting what your new life is going to look like. There are some people who also are going through job changes or relocating either locally within the same town or nearby or even across town, but a new house. All of those things are significant and can be very disruptive changes in our life. So once those things have also been worked through, then it seems fully appropriate to begin casting your view towards the possibility of having a new partnership. It That period of wait time and reinvention and remembering is also valuable because we're trying to not repeat some of the decisions and the habits and patterns from our previous marriage. And if we are bridging from one to the other, I think there is a higher likelihood that we might start repeating those same habits or looking for somebody with the same uh, behaviors that maybe were challenging to us in our marriage because we haven't actually reinvented or even reflected, um, whether that's with a divorce coach after the divorce. Uh, I always say it's never too late to have a good divorce, and it's never too late to continue to grow your own understanding of self throughout life. Um, very important work. So here we are. We find someone new and exciting in our life. We're, we're beginning to date them. And I know so often the urge is, I want you to meet my kids. I want my kids to meet you, which makes sense from a heart place. Because both of this new adult in our life, this new partner and our children are such a reflection of our heart. They're such a reflection of us that we want to interweave that. However, tapping the brakes can be beneficial for everyone. I also hear some of my divorce coaching clients talk about, well, I need to introduce them because, you know, how else are we going to all hang out together? And I always stop and and put a little bit of a challenging question there. Why is it necessary for you, your new partner, and your kids to hang out together in the early days of that relationship? They're like, well, because I want to know if they can get along with my kids. I said, well, let's start to see if the two of you can get along, which again is an 18 to 24 month for us to move through the biological shifts in our brain that get flooded with those very exciting love drugs that wash over us. And we've get the oxytocin going and we've got adrenaline going and the serotonin is flowing. And we literally have an altered state when we are falling in love. That may not be the best time to also bring your kids into this story. One of the things that can happen is that we start to create a bit of a swinging door of people coming and going in our children's lives. And, and these adult relationships that we have either with step-parents, parents, or partners that become really significant, we, we're building an attachment, especially children under the age of five. This is really when those attachment behaviors 
begin to imprint themselves in the blueprint of our life, which then are going to echo in our children's adult lives when they go out to start to build their own relationships. So we want to be thoughtful about not creating a pattern where our children are attaching to someone, a new partner, and then maybe even attaching to their children and building relationships there only to have that dissolve. Now, I'm not saying that never matters, right? We cannot see the future. We cannot predict it. But we can be intentional in these choices. And so at a minimum, I always recommend six to nine months that you are dating someone before they are introduced as a significant partner or even brought into the home in order to cohabitate. There are those of us out in the world as adults, and we think, I need to make adult decisions. And actually, I need this partner, and we all need to move into them because I can't afford my own home, or I need them to come into my home and help pay for this mortgage. I actually need a second person. Well, is that the best outlet? And I would pause if that's the question. Or the other one that comes up is, it's just more convenient. We want to do this thing together, and and it's just more convenient for me. And I agree. It is more convenient to blur the boundaries between your children and new relationships. But the reality is those boundaries are there to help all of those relationships be more successful when we're really thoughtful about it. So here's a couple other things to think about as you're bringing individuals into your your long-term relationship with the children of your children or parent of your children. And I will remind you, it is a long-term relationship. In fact, it is the forever relationship. Even if the marriage is coming to an end, the relationship is not. If you share children, sometimes if you share a community or a business or a large circle of friends, you are still coming in contact with that person. Not the case for everyone, but for a lot of us, that's the case. So thinking about what is it that I'm really protecting here? What what in the divorce process is most important for me to protect? And often we think, well, I need to protect my time with the kids. I need to protect the assets. I need to protect the house. I need to protect my pile of money. I challenge you to think about how you're protecting the long-term relationship with the co-parent of your children right? That individual, there will be grandkids and graduation and funerals and weddings and ballet concerts and basketball games in between. So why not let that individual know when you have a new partner coming into the family, right? That shared family structure that we talk about so often here on The Good Divorce Show. In many ways, the hope, the goal is that we are still one family now living across two homes and that our children feel that they have equal access to everyone in their family. So in essence, you're bringing someone new into the family. And at any stage in the game, that can be disruptive to the long-term relationship with the co-parent that you have and giving them an awareness that someone else, who they are, a little bit about their background, just like you would if you were bringing a new babysitter on board or a new nanny or we're changing schools, all these people who influence and touch the life of our children. It is just a simple regard of respect to let that other parent know. Now, I'm not suggesting you got to let them know, hey, I'm on Tinder, I'm on Bumble, here's my new profile, oh, I've got this many date. We don't need any of that information, please. But Most of us know when something is becoming more serious and our intent is to bring that on with our children. So let them know. And then I think there's also great value in letting your kids know, I'm beginning to spend time with other people. I'm beginning to have special events. And I recently, I had a client and and their their child who was, I want to say eight or nine years old, suddenly mom was introducing new partner to the son. And I thought, why, why so eager? The divorce papers weren't even complete. What we say, the ink wasn't even dry. And her response was, well, because my son wants to meet him. He asked. And my thought was, in fact, I said it to her. Well, why did he ask? Why does he even know about this person? 
that's on you as adult. You've been chatting them up. You've been talking about leaving town to see them. They see you on the phone all the time. They know there's this other person out there. They're like, well, I don't want to keep secrets from my kids. I said, well, I understand that we don't want to live a life of secrecy in any corner of our life, but that is different from adult discretion and the value of being discreet. There's lots of things that we do not tell our children. And this is a good time to be clear about what we share with them and what we don't. And what is the value that we are adding to our children's lives by bringing this person in? And most of us, if we're really honest about it, we're bringing value to ourselves. We're bringing comfort. We're bringing support. We're bringing new excitement. We might be bringing financial support or parenting help. And I'm not disregarding that. I just do not want you to lie to yourself as to why you might be pursuing an early introduction, maybe an inappropriately early introduction between kids and new partner. So there's a few guidelines I want you to think about and simmer on. And if you have some specific questions, again, give a ring here at Voice America. As we go into the break, I'm going to remind you of that number, 866-472-5788. This is Karen. I am your good divorce coach taking your calls today at 866-472-5788. When we come back, more about new partnerships in your new life. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Before you call the lawyer, call the Good Divorce Coach. Give your family the gift of working with a certified divorce coach, a co-parenting specialist, and a mediator. Karen McNinney has the knowledge and skills to guide you through the full divorce journey, before, during, and after. It's one thing to get divorced. It's another to be divorced. The Good Divorce Coach will teach you and your partner how to be divorced with less drama, less destruction, and less debt. Visit thegooddivorcecoach.com to get in touch with Karen. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. Welcome back to The Good Divorce Show with Karen McNinney. Have a question for Karen or her guests? Join us on the show at 866-472-5788. That's 866-472-5788. Now, back to the show with Karen. Hello. Today we are talking about new partners in the new life post-divorce and some things to think about. And in segment one, we were really focusing on if you're the person bringing a new partner into your children's lives or into the family. I also want to talk a little bit about what it is if you're on the receiving end of that. If you are not yet repartnered, but your your husband or your former wife, your former partner, that they are starting to bring someone into the, the fold of the family. And it's interesting. I so often find a fair amount of resistance. We immediately want to dislike these other people. 
Often, anger resistance comes from some seedling of fear or pain. And and maybe there's distrust in there as well, depending on the relationship that you came out of. However, let's give everyone the benefit of the doubt for the moment and presume that our former partners are being really thoughtful about their new partners and who they might be bringing into the family fold. And if that's the case, how can we open our heart to make space for those individuals, not only within the larger family, but in the life of our children and even for ourselves? I remember working with a client who was so consistently angry with their former partner and pretty heavily chatting about how poor they were doing as a parent, how they were messing things up, how they weren't putting them to bed at the right time, how they weren't feeding them the right food. You know how it goes. And I will remind you, the other home at the end of the day is really not your monkeys, not your circus. And we have to find a place of surrender inside our divorces to really allow each parent to create a home environment that is fulfilling to them. And it will probably look different than your own. So here comes this new person. And the client I mentioned earlier, they got an email from the new woman. Can you imagine? With something along the lines of like, hello, I'm the new special friend. And I saw her just bubbling up with concern, resentments, and just resistance right out of the gate. But then she shared with me this email message from the new woman. It could not have been more appropriate. I might even add professional as we think about the business of divorce, the business of raising these children with more voices involved. And this new woman just very graciously was sharing, this is who I am. I've raised children myself. I understand the heart of a mother. I know that this can be an awkward and challenging time. I would be very protective of my own children. As it turns out, my husband passed away, so I have never found myself in the same situation. But I'm reaching out to introduce myself. And if you ever want to have a cup of coffee to just chat and connect so that you know who I am as I start spending time with your children, which I have not done yet. And furthermore, I will not do until we have a chance to meet. Wow. That's that's more or less the gist of it. And I asked her, I said, well, are you going to go and have coffee with her? And she's like, I don't know. Do I want to do that? Is that just going to be super awkward? Well, in the end, she went. And as it was shared with me, they had a magnificent coffee talk, not about this man that they had both loved at different times, obviously, and that the new woman was now involved with. They talked about being a mother. They talked about the children. They talked about what it was to be businesswomen and living in this community. And in the end, my client walked away just feeling so much more relaxed. Her resistance was let down. And the coaching we did was to remember that this is just another person in the world who wants to bring love and comfort and compassion to your shared children. And that can be so hard to hear, especially if we feel like, are we being replaced? Are they going to forget me? Are they going to like this other person? Again, that resistance and fear often comes from a... Um, or anger often comes from a place of, of fear or insecurity or instability. And so it was that this new other woman came into the family. And then a very interesting thing started to happen. The children had shared, oh, we like her. She's good. She's nice. Again, not your job to pry about what's happening in other relationships and other households. And really, Let's not have our kids ever be the messenger or the investigator and then the reporter outer. Like, just don't involve them. If you've got questions, go right to the source. However, it became clear that the children weren't quite sure. And they were probably young at this age, you know, under 10 years old. So they haven't been in relationships themselves. They haven't fallen in love. They haven't fallen out of love. They haven't had breakups. 
as our teenager, young adults, children might be going through. So they have a really limited understanding of how they should, you know, embrace or reject this new person. And then I was reminded of a mentor and a story she shared with me, Grammy Sherry. And Grammy Sherry was Elkie Governson's mom. She has since passed about three years ago now. And Elkie was on the show, I want to say episode four or five. And she talked about her journey um, of, of really building a beautiful relationship with her stepdad that still endures today, along with her biological father, and of course, loved her mother deeply to the very end of her days. But Grammy Sherry and I found ourselves in conversation. Oh gosh, 15, 16 years ago when I was pregnant with my second child. And I thought, how will I ever love another child that my life is already so full? My heart is full. I adore my firstborn daughter. And she stopped me and she said, Karen, you don't divide your love amongst your children. It's, it's like a love pie and you've baked a full, wholesome, abundant love pie for your firstborn you're not going to take slices out of it and pass it on to your son. You're actually going to bake your son a new love pie. There is plenty of love to go around. And we as humans have an enormous capacity for love and to love in different ways. And you know what, Grandma Sherry, you're right. There is lots of love pie. And both of my children have a full and complete love pie that is theirs. And so often, I think even in our American culture, we can get caught up in a spice spiral of scarcity thinking, like there's not enough and we're hoarding. And it might be injuries from our family of origin where we felt neglected or we were the invisible child of the family, or, or maybe we have our own attachment issues through our parents' divorce or adoption or foster care, who knows what it might be. So really to reestablish during this new part of our life that we can also bake love pie for people coming into our family. So the kids and I had a story or a, a conversation one night at story time as we were going to bed about what might happen for us if somebody new comes to the family, if mommy or daddy fall in love again. And this was new thinking for them. And I thought about that client and her resistance. And if she could have found a way to really embrace a new partner. And you may be out there resisting a new partnership and you may have a whole list of good reasons why you should resist it. I'm talking about our everyday average. We're in a good divorce. We're doing well. How do I shift my paradigm? And that's what I told my children. I said, you will never have to cut or slice a piece of your mama love pie. Our love is solid. I will always be your mom. And it's the same for Papa. He will always have a love pie for each of you and vice versa. And if someone new comes into my life, well, we'll bake a new love pie for them. We're not taking anything away from Papa. And then their eyes sort of lit up and I could see them beginning to imagine what that might be like. And they began to smile. And immediately my heart started to hurt a little bit. And then they said, will we get new brothers and sisters? And I said, well, certainly, certainly not for mom and dad. We're, we're not going to have any more children together. I said, we know, we know, we know, but maybe there's other new brothers and sisters that will come to our family and we'll make them love pie. <laughs> oh, leave it to children to see just the purity of what we're reaching for in these relationships. And maybe you're listening right now. And if you're live with us on Monday, call me 866-472-5788. And we'll talk about how you find the paradigm shift to build love pie, to bake it up for all the people coming into your family and seeing abundance and not scarcity. I'm also going to go back to... What if you're the new partner coming into this story? And Elkie shared in her episode, this step-parent advice of don't expect too much for a couple of years and don't start trying to change things inside this family. Come and be value added 
but know where the boundaries are and know your role. And maybe like this other wise woman, whatever compelled her to reach out to my client and say, I'm dating your former husband. We are six, seven, eight months into this relationship. He's ready to introduce me to your children. But let's you and I talk first because I understand the protective heart of a mother. And what I have found, not only with my divorce clients, but my corporate clients, where I do a lot of leadership development and employee engagement, workplace culture. And over the past 20 years of doing that work, what I what I discover is that when people don't have information, they just make it up. And we all have a negative bias, a negativity bias in our brain that is there to protect us, right? In some ways, it's assume the worst, assume there's going to be harm because then you can protect yourself. But when that part of our our limbic system, that is the fight, flight, or freeze, when it's over, um, gosh, I, I think of it like a muscle. And when it's overdeveloped, then all we see is threat. So can we soften that and suspend it long enough to be curious, who is this person? What are their intent? What are they about? And if you're that new person, it might be you inviting the conversation or speaking to the primary new partner who's the parent who has kids. And maybe they need to tap the brakes and you're one of the people to remind them. It's okay. We can continue to spend time together. We'll have our vacations together. When the children aren't there, we'll connect. I don't yet have to leap into their life until I'm sure that this relationship is standing on solid ground, which again, research will show us that's 18 to 24 months is what's recommended before engagement, moving in, long-term commitment. So at a very minimum, six to nine months of dating that person that then feels like on the periphery, I can now introduce this person as a boyfriend or a girlfriend. And it might just be that other person who brings extraordinary value to your family and your children might start attaching to them. They may find a guidance, a gift, a tool, an important conversation that doesn't happen with mom or dad. It happens with this other new person that they become the gift. And I remember one woman saying, one of my clients, that it was the new partner that actually made the divorce better. She brought stability. She brought communication. She helped dad to sort of see these healthy boundaries. Who knows? Maybe she had some brilliant insight from her own background. I don't know. But what I know is that she made a difference in a really positive way. She was not the enemy. She was just more love pie. There's enough for everyone. So in addition to that, that emotional piece of it, I want to have you think about this word protect, which I mentioned earlier, and I want to dig a little deeper into that. And close your eyes, not if you're driving, but if you can, (laughs) think for yourself what the word protection means. And if you are a parent, put that in, in context of your children. And how we would just protect our children to the very end. Now that tends to shift as soon as we see divorce on the table. As soon as we start thinking there's going to be lawyers who are taking. And you've heard me said before to be really thoughtful about your legal team so that they don't hijack your process. So that they don't hijack what it is that you're trying to accomplish inside your divorce story. And then protection starts to take on a different meaning, right? And when we feel that there's scarcity and we're going to war with our former partner, then we're protecting our assets and the house and the and the kid time. And, and some of us have to go to bat, right? Some of us do sit in high conflict divorces or with very challenging personalities or even the presence of mental health issues. And that can complicate the process. But there's just as many of us out there 
who are just part of the normal neurotic population whose marriages are complete, that we need to move on in a positive way of raising our children. And so the protection, I think, ends up being more about our ego. And our ego is a very sneaky little monster in our head that then tells us that our value is going to come through the things that we're fighting for. And the thing that we most need to protect is the experience of the children, but also protecting that long-term relationship. And when I begin working with clients, one of the first questions is, what is it that you want? And of course, it'll start with the list. Well, I want the house. Well, I want primary custody. Well, I want alimony or support. And I want the old chest of drawers. And I want the bed. And I want all three cars. And we start looking at the things that we want, which over time, they are just things. Half of it we'll get rid of, we'll sell, or it'll just sit and collect dust. So what I'm digging into is really asking, what is it that you want in the long run. And then I start getting questions like, or answers, I want to be able to sit together at our children's wedding and to toast together or even walk down the aisle with them. I want to be able to sit in the same part of the stadium or the bleachers or in the audience as our children perform and they look out and they see both of their parents smiling, not at war on opposite ends of the gymnasium, but together. I want to be able to be at my in-law's funeral when they pass because they've also been an important part of my life and I don't want to lose that connection. And when we start to focus on that level of want, then the decisions we make now start to look very, very different. And what we're protecting actually becomes much more precious than the car than the belongings that we've shared between us. So as we head into the break, I encourage you to think about long-term, what is it that you want from your good divorce? Give me a call, 866-472-5788. We'll be right back with The Good Divorce Show. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Before you call the lawyer, call the Good Divorce Coach. Give your family the gift of working with a certified divorce coach, a co-parenting specialist, and a mediator. Karen McNinney has the knowledge and skills to guide you through the full divorce journey, before, during, and after. It's one thing to get divorced. It's another to be divorced. The Good Divorce Coach will teach you and your partner how to be divorced with less drama, less destruction, and less debt. Visit thegooddivorcecoach.com to get in touch with Karen. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Connect with us, and we'll connect with you. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is on LinkedIn. Get the first word about happenings with the network, where our next live event will be, and what's up with our hosts. Look up Voice America on LinkedIn. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. Welcome back to The Good Divorce Show with Karen McNinney. Have a question for Karen or her guests? Join us on the show at 866-472-5788. That's 866-472-5788. Now, back to the show with Karen. 
Hello, I am Karen McNenny, your Good Divorce Coach, just chatting with you today about a few, uh, if you will, divorce principles, how to have the good divorce. And one of the things that has come up time and time again is, okay, we're legally divorced and, and thank goodness we've got lawyers to help us get through that process and to get divorced. But then there is this other, much larger chapter in the book of divorce, which is how to be divorced and how to navigate that relationship. And that's part of what we really focus on here at The Good Divorce Show is we talk with other couples that are sharing their insights and stories and the secret sauce of what they discovered that has helped them navigate this difficult path. We also talk to adult children of divorce and uh, if you will, advice, what they would have told their children or their own parents as they were children and as adults, what worked and what they could have done different or better. And also divorce professionals. And today I come with my coaching hat on to give you a few more tips to join in the movement of the good divorce. I'm reflecting back 11 years ago when the father of my children and I were bumping up against our own divorce decision and and through our own painful, complicated uh, journey, we were in marital counseling at the time, as many of you are, that what I call the ugly purgatory. Are we in? Are we out? Are we fighting for the marriage? How long should we stay? Let's go do a retreat. Let's go do this thing. How about if you do that thing? I'll do this thing. Um, and anyone who says, oh, divorce people, they just take the easy way out and escape. I, you probably have not stood in the decision-making journey of what many people feel is one of the most difficult, arduous, complicated decisions of their life. I don't know anybody who gets married with the plan of getting divorced, and then suddenly you find yourself in that story. The challenge is that sometimes we know that truth and we just stay stuck. And you've heard me say it before, and I'll say it again. There is value in leaving while there is still love. And that's not what we generally think of. Most of us believe we have to blow up the whole divorce. Somebody's going to have an affair. An addiction habit is going to go through the roof. We're going to continue to fight until there's so much destruction that now we can justify the divorce. What if you just saw the truth a little earlier on? were able to come to that decision while there was still grace and generosity and compassion for each other. And then you fight for the good divorce, right? Again, divorce is meant to improve the relationship, not make it worse. For most of us, if we wanted to make it worse, we would just stay in the bad marriage. So as you choose that good divorce and that idea of leaving while there is still love, right? The danger is we stay too long and things just get more challenging. So husband and I went into our marriage counselor after we had made the decision and asked her, like, can you give us some advice on how to do this next part? Like, how do we talk to our children and our family members and how do we make a schedule? And, and we have all this legal things to work through, and we did find the legal path, but I really did want kind of a divorce therapist. But I now know is this growing industry of a divorce coach to help guide us through the emotional journey as well as, you know, the aging development of our family because the needs of our kids were also going to change over time. And that's a conversation for another day. But in that moment, she gave us two bits of advice which I also pass on to all of my clients, and I'm happy to share with you today. The first of which, do no more harm. Like, do no more harm in this process. It's going to be tempting consciously, and there's a lot of unconscious behavior that we continue to act out. Every text message, every email, conversation, what we say about our families, that has the potential of doing harm to the new divorce relationship. And that's what I really want to emphasize. You are building a new relationship. How do you protect that? And one of those ways is do no more harm. 
And that when it can be useful to have a, a close family confidant or a friend or a coach or a therapist, even when we're writing messages or thinking about what we need to communicate to our former spouse, that it might be full of a lot of emotional fire and spiciness that's just going to add fuel to the fire can be really helpful to have someone else read those messages, edit them out. I do a lot of ghost writing for my clients so that we can just keep things simple and steering clear of doing more damage to the relationship. The other thing that she shared with us, she said, your goal is to become indifferent towards each other. In the moment, I don't even think I understood exactly what she was meaning. But to me, indifference was like, I don't care. This never mattered. It didn't happen. I should erase it. Well, one, that feels like an impossible task and not really appropriate, particularly for those of us that have entwined our DNA and now share a life together. What she was really talking about is the more pure definition of what it is to feel indifference, which in my language is simply translates to like, you don't get so triggered and worked up about what they're doing or what they're thinking. There's lots of people each and every day that I come in contact with at the post office, out on the road behind the wheel of my car, in the grocery store, in the parking lots that I just really don't think about them right? Gosh, wouldn't that be amazing? Those of you who are in the heat of it, if you just weren't constantly distracted by the thought of your former spouse, that it just was lightened from your day-to-day bandwidth, that's indifference when it no longer consumes all your thinking. The other piece of it is that when their behaviors, attitudes, or words inflame a very strong reaction on your part, which is only telling you you are still emotionally entangled with that person. And often anger between separating spouses and divorced spouses is still a way that we attach and engage with them. Any engagement is better than no engagement. So says our unconscious mind, but that is a fool's errand. The indifference is that they may do or say something and it becomes a little like water off a duck's back. Now, obviously, that is not for all behaviors and actions that absolutely need to be addressed. But it's those day-to-day things that when we were married, that would just trigger us. Well, I got a newsflash for you, ladies and gentlemen. The person you were married to is the same person you're now divorced to or planning to be divorced to, or in the process of divorcing. You are both the same person, which means you are coming with the same blind spots, bad habits, good habits. And if we can look beyond our own emotional triggers around those behaviors. In fact, I had a client recently who said, oh yeah, it's funny. It's been like 18 months and I I forgot like that anniversary of our first date, I didn't even notice the date. And and I know our wedding anniversary is coming up, but maybe it won't be so loaded the second time around. And, and oh yeah, when I walked into that restaurant to meet friends, I didn't immediately think about, oh, the time that my spouse and I were there. That's indifference. It's no longer in the front seat of our life, which is an extraordinary gift. And as that happens, it also allows us to provide more grace and generosity to each other. This same woman, as she was saying, oh, I don't think about it so much anymore. What a relief. She also was saying some of those things I find kind of charming or even humorous, like I did when we first met, when we were first dating. I can just see that as part of their personality, which isn't necessarily wrong. It was just wrong for me. There was a father I was in conversation recently and and he was really having a heartbreak and recognizing, I understand now, Karen, that it's not that I'm a bad person or she's a bad person. We just weren't great together. The alchemy between us, the chemistry was actually quite challenging. 
And now that we have fewer things in which go into the the beaker or the Petri dish with each other every day, we can manage that chemistry in a different way. And we can avoid those pitfalls and remove the triggers. That's the beauty of indifference. And then very, I guess I could say practically, this shows up also in what I referenced earlier in the show around what's going on in the other household. Now, short of neglect or abuse, typically it's just none of your business. If you're in a good divorce, then chances are the two of you are talking about it. Next week, I'm going to share with you a recent interview um, with uh, Mitch and Aaron, and the two of them have spoke with me ahead of time and saying, oh, when we have challenges with our children, uh, they're the first person I call, the other parent, because I want to get their take on it. I want to see if they're seeing the same things that I'm seeing. Are we on the same page? Do we need to get help for our kids? Um, Are we all telling the same stories to our children? And I know I feel the same way. If there's a challenge with our children, Their father is the first person I want to call. And I want that to be a conversation that's not loaded with resentment or anger. I only want it to be two adult parents having a thoughtful conversation about how we collectively can continue to support our children. Someone once shared with me that the definition of grace is to provide, what did she say? It's to provide forgiveness, particularly to those that we think are undeserving of it. That is a high bar and a big request for most of us. But again, can we provide forgiveness, particularly to those that we feel most hurt by or betrayed by? Because when we don't, it's a little like us taking the poison and waiting for them to die. It's not doing us any good to hold on to that anger either. So I send you away this week thinking about indifference, love pie, thoughtful new relationships, reinventing and reconnecting with yourself, and a certain amount of surrender to the process, to the new truth, so that you can truly write the story that you want for your family even on the other side of divorce. And remember, everything will be okay. And if it's not okay, (laughs) I should say everything will be okay in the end. And if it's not okay yet, well, it's just not the end. And you will get there. Thanks for joining me, your divorce coach, Karen McNenny. Tune in again. Thanks for listening to today's episode of The Good Divorce Show. We hope today's episode has helped you find a kinder, more sensible, and less expensive path through the divorce journey. Until we talk again, have a beautiful week.